Bless that wonderful name of the Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. We rise giving unto God, who is the great head of the church today. Grateful to God for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy for all the wonderful, magnificent, and marvelous things he continues to do in the life of the believer. Once again, we welcome you to the Sea World Church. We thank you for tuning in today. And we thank you for just continuing to do what you do. Amen. We thank you for this time of sharing so we can share the word with you. We pray that the word of God and the, the worship of God just ministers and meets you in your place of need. We pray that God's spirit will uh, continue to soothe you, encourage you, and strengthen you. And I just thank him today for being God. I tell you what, speaking of thankfulness, I thank God for worship today. Ooh. Oh my God, did they usher us into the presence of the Lord? What a mighty God we serve. Does anybody know there's power in the name of Jesus? Yes, Lord. And there's something about worship. There's something about worship, and we're grateful to God today for this ability to worship Him, to give Him the honor, the glory, and the praise. He's worthy today. He's worthy today. And we're continuing our sermon series, the Heal the Land series. This is part five, part five of that famous and phenomenal uh, uh, scripture, amen, the conclusion, the, the conclusion of that series. So we're grateful to God for this opportunity to share today. There is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you. I want to call your attention to a very famous passage of scripture located in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 45. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 45. Here begins the reading of God's word. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound, somebody shall sound. sound. The sounds of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Mm. And seven times he said, Go again. And verse 44 says, Then it came to pass. Yeah. Uh, that's the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and the wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Amen. I want to call your attention to one last passage of scripture, which has been our focus and foundation for this series. Amen. Uh, some of you know it by heart now. Second Chronicles chapter 7, uh, verse number 14, where the word of God says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from them. Yeah. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal the land. Today, the Lord and I want to conclude this series by talking about that last passage or the big cause of that verse. We want to talk about forgiving and healing. Amen. Right. Forgiving and healing. Amen. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We praise you for this day. This is the day that you have made. And Lord, once again, we have made the choice to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for worship. We thank you now for the word. Now, Lord, I pray that you
that you take me, your servant, and I be behind your cross. Let no flesh be seen. Let your word, your word alone be glorified. I'm going to say thank you now because you're faithful. Minister, God, is all that you can. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Somebody loves to shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, Lord, we want to talk about forgiving and healing. Somebody understands that forgiveness of sin is the prerequisite for godly hearing. Let me say that again. The forgiveness of sin is the prerequisite for godly hearing. Healing. Hallelujah. Some of you remember in Mark chapter 2 when the man of God was healed from his lame situation, when his four brothers brought him into the presence of God. Uh, Jesus said, Man, your sins are forgiven me. Hallelujah. And then because he has some feedback and some fussing from the Pharisees, hallelujah, Jesus asked the question, which is easier, uh, for me to say for, to forgive sin or for me to heal? And then Jesus told him to take up your bed, hallelujah, and walk, hallelujah. So first of all, he forgave the sins, and then he healed him physically. He was able to take up his bed and walk. Forgiveness of sin is the prerequisite for godly hearing. Healing, amen. Now, some of you remember the woman who was caught in the double tree, hallelujah, when she was uh, suffering from the sickness of sin, uh, adultery, amen, unholy relationships. And the Bible says, Jesus said, go your way and sin no more, hallelujah. He forgave the sin and gave her a healing from her sinful situation, hallelujah, and healed her relationships. Forgiveness is so important. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was on the cross and his first of his seven last things, he yelled out to his father. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. Forgiveness of sin is the prerequisite for godly hearing. Healing, amen. And what God was saying there is that healing is not just temporal, but eternal. Amen. God doesn't want just to give you a healing of the physical, but he wants to give you a healing in the spiritual. As a matter of fact, that's the reason why Jesus came in the first place. John 10 and 10 in your Bible said, the thief cometh but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and have it more yeah. abundantly. Yes, Lord. So Jesus wants to not only heal you physically, but most importantly, he wants to heal you spiritually. And forgiveness of sin, yes, Lord, is the focus and the foundation, the prerequisite for healing uh, physically and spiritually. Hallelujah. And if there was ever a time that we need healing, I believe the time is now. Uh, each week, week after week after week, uh, the only thing that surprises us about what happened last week is the stuff that happens this week. Yeah. Lord have mercy. Uh, the only thing that's more sad and shocking than the things that happened last week are the things that happens this week. Amen. Uh, this week, hallelujah, you just see where, once again, somebody has been shot who was unarmed. Amen. Once again, this week, we see everything that's going on in the political realm. Hallelujah. Uh, not only in the political realm, but also in the uh, 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 in the economic realm. Hallelujah. Not only that, in the social realm, uh, in the judicial realm. Hallelujah. In every area of our lives, yes, Lord, even in the medical realm, uh, we see things that are happening. Hallelujah. And if there was ever a time uh, that we needed to hear from heaven. If there was ever time that we needed healing, the time is now. Yeah. Well, I thank God for this series today because God told us, hallelujah, that he's given us a recipe for restoration. Yes, he's, he's given us a recipe for healing of our situation. He said, if my people hmm, who are called by my name, yeah, will humble themselves and pray and, and seek my face, not just my hand, but seek my face and turn, yeah, from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. 
I will forgive their sin. There it is, and I will heal their land. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to healing of the land. Amen. When I look at the events of 2020, I'm looking forward to God healing the land. Well, today, today, hallelujah, we are, as we travel through the text, and as we have a situation here where we're finalizing this series, uh, sermon series, I want to talk about this thing called healing the land. Amen. Because what I want to talk about today, hallelujah, is uh, here in, uh, in this book here of 1 Kings chapter 18, where God is talking about a situation where uh, the land needed healing. Uh, the land needed healing. Amen. Uh, there was a severe famine in the land. Yes, Lord, the famine had been going on for three and a half years. Catch that. For three and a half years, uh, there was a bad situation. And where God is saying in the text today is the importance of how one man, yes, uh, one person who was prayerful enough, somebody who was committed to the kingdom enough to intercede on the behalf of the nation. And because of that one intercessor, hallelujah, uh, God was able to bring healing to the land. Can I work the case today? Hallelujah. Amen. So as we go through the text here in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, uh, I want to just talk about, first of all, when the wicked rule. Mm. When the wicked rule, the entire land is affected. Amen. When the wicked rule, the entire land is affected. Uh, is affected. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 2 in your Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Let me say that again. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Uh, when the wicked man rules, uh, the people groan. In other words, leadership matters. I said before in this series, hallelujah, that uh, uh, that Christianity and carnality are contagious. Uh, Christianity and carnality are contagious. Amen. Uh, uh, whenever uh, you exemplify the characteristics of Christ, uh, it has a way of catching on and positively impacting others. Yes, when you let your light shine, other people are impacted. But the same way that Christianity is contagious, carnality is too. Hallelujah. And you see that especially in the place of leaders. Somebody shout leaders. Uh, leaders. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Because what Proverbs is telling us is that when the wicked rule, hallelujah, the people groan. But when the righteous are uh, in, in authority, yes, Lord, that, that they rejoice. Hallelujah. And what I've learned as we go through this book of uh, this series of First and Second Chronicles, it gives an overview of the impact of righteous and unrighteous leaders. Uh, Second Chronicles and First Chronicles. Uh, the entire book gives an overview of the impact of righteous and unrighteous leaders. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, if you ever want to get a good night's sleep, uh, read First and Second Chronicles. Amen. Uh, because what it is, is just a boring chronological listing of the kings of Israel. Uh, it just talks about the kings of Israel. Yes, Lord. And again, what it does is gives an overview of the impact of righteous and unrighteous leaders. Uh, as it goes through First and Second Chronicles, it talks about every king and it gives a snip snippet of their resume. Uh, and often they have said, good, for good kings, he said he, was, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and was buried with the kings of Israel. Amen. That's what it says about good kings. And for every other king, it said he was bad. Uh, he was evil in the eyes of the Lord and he was buried with the kings. And what it says here in First and Second Chronicles, what it's showing is a shadow and type, uh, a simplified example of what God does in the earth based on the leadership and the people's response to the leader. Amen. Amen. 
based on what God is showing here again is the simplified example of what he does in the earth hallelujah through leadership and the people's response to that leader hallelujah hallelujah that's what happens throughout this picture hallelujah amen and today today we want to give a, a picture of evil leadership i want to introduce to some and present to others a king named ahab amen a king named ahab uh, and what god does in this text right here is he pulls out his paintbrush and he gives a picture of evil leadership amen uh, can I talk about King Ahab this morning? Right. Uh, King Ahab, uh, first of all, I want to talk about his wickedness. Uh, his wickedness, hallelujah. Uh, the Bible says that he walked in First Kings uh, chapter 16, verse number 30. It said he exceeded all his predecessors in wickedness and did evil above all that were before him. Lord have mercy. Uh, let me say that again. Uh, he exceeded all of his predecessors in wickedness and did evil above all that were before him. Amen. In other words, he was the worst of the worst. Uh, he was the goat, as they say, and, uh, the greatest of all times. He was the worst of the worst. Uh, the Bible goes in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33, and it talks about his record, evil resume. Amen. It said, and King Ahab had a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger him than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Hallelujah. Amen. He purposely provoked the Lord. Amen. The God of Israel to anger and consequently uh, to send judgment on the land than all the other kings of Israel before him. Again, he was the goat. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, not only his wickedness, but I want to talk about Ahab's wife. Mm -hmm. His wife. Uh, his wife, uh, Ahab, was married to a woman named Jezebel. Oh, my God, uh, Jezebel. And, and some of you know, uh, have heard of Jezebel before. Jezebel, just the name has become synonymous with evil. Uh, uh, Jezebel, the name itself has become synonymous with evil. Amen. And Ahab and Jezebel, his wife, his Lord, they were a dynamic duo. As a matter of fact, they were the Bonnie and Clyde of the Bible. Uh, this tag team, they did more evil together, hallelujah, than anybody else. Uh, as a matter of fact, his wife, her, her name was synonymous with evil. As a matter of fact, uh, her name is, is renowned or known for being so evil uh, that nobody names their daughter Jezebel. Hallelujah. Uh, whenever you think about that, uh, nobody wants to name uh, their granddaughter Jezebel. Uh, as a matter of fact, you don't even want to name your dog Jezebel. Lord have mercy. It's a name that is synonymous with evil. As a matter of fact, can you imagine your son coming home one day uh, and say, Mom, Dad, guess what? I met Mrs. Wright. Uh, I, I met somebody who is the apple of my eye. I, I, I met somebody who is the sugar in my tea. I, I met somebody who, you know what, uh, has turned my crown upside down. And, and with great attention, uh, uh, your mother and father would say, you know what, son, tell me more about this girl. And she would say, you know what, her name is Jezebel. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, that right there, before you even meet her, Lord have mercy, before you ask, like my grandfather, who are people's on? Yes, Lord. Uh, Lord have mercy. You would have an image already in your mind about who this girl is just because of her name. Uh, uh, his wickedness, his wife, he was married 
uh, uh, to an evil woman named Jezebel. Yes, Lord. And can I just tell you more about Jezebel? Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, she was the one that brought Baal worship into the kingdom of Israel. Hallelujah. She was known for being an idolater. Amen. Uh, extremely impervious and malicious was her natural temperament. Amen. Uh, she had an evil temper. And most importantly, she was addicted to witchcraft. And, and whoredoms in every vicious way. She was an evil person. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, in Revelation 2 and 20, it talks about Jezebel as the false prophetess that is spoken there. Amen. She was an evil person, and they were a dynamic duo. If ever a couple was made for one another, oh Lord, uh, it was Jezebel and King Ahab. King Ahab, yes, Lord, the eighth king of the split kingdom of the uh, of Israel. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So not only his wickedness, his wife, but most importantly, I want to talk about Ahab. I want to talk about his worship. Mm, his worship. Hallelujah. Because he set up worship of Baal and forsook the God of Israel and served the God of the Sidonians, Jupiter, instead of Jehovah. Uh, he was one that worshipped the Son instead of the Savior. Amen. And if there was ever a time, that, uh, ever a way that you wanted to get God's attention, if there was ever a time that you wanted to get on the wrong side of God, all you got to do is intentionally violate the first commandment. It's in Exodus 22, 20 in your Bible, and in Exodus 20 where it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He says, My name is Jealous. And, and what has uh, got... Uh, Ahab into the hall of fame of wickedness, hallelujah. Not his wife, but his worship, hallelujah. Because all of us have made some bad relationship choices somewhere along the way. Yeah. Hallelujah, amen. Don't remind, don't make me go down the list. All of us have made some bad relationship choices along the way, hallelujah. But it wasn't his wife. Uh, it was his worship. And as a consequence, and as a consequence, hallelujah, of this evil king, being in authority, this evil king, being over the children of Israel, God's chosen people. Yes, Lord. Uh, he had a widespread impact. Hallelujah. At the time of the text, there was a famine in the land. The entire land was impacted. The entire land was affected. Hallelujah. Uh, the entire land was experiencing hardship because just like Ahab and all the other bad kings of Israel, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And as a consequence, God had to allow certain things to happen. Amen. But what I love about the Lord, that even in times of famine, even in times of pressure, pain, and problems, even in the time of disease and death and discouragement, hallelujah, God always sends a deliverer. Amen. Uh, God always has a way of talking and speaking to his people. Yes, Lord. That even when uh, the famine has hit the land, hallelujah, God reminds us that integrity and leadership still matters. Amen. Hallelujah. And God will send somebody to speak truth to power. Hallelujah. Yeah. And he will let people know that if my people, yeah, that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, yeah. then when I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin. And I will forgive and I will heal the land. Amen. So even in the midst of all of this that's going on, hallelujah, even in the midst when the wicked are ruling, uh, when, when people are, the, the wicked are in, people are in leadership, hallelujah. What I learned about the Lord, hallelujah, is number two, the power of one praying person. Mm, the power of one praying person. And although uh, uh, Ahab was the king, the Bible introduces someone else, uh, uh, a prophet named Elijah. 
a prophet named Elijah. And some of you know Elijah, yes, Lord. Uh, because him and Ahab, they had one of those relationships where they were honest with one another. Amen. Uh, Ahab uh, uh, called Elijah the troubler of Israel. Uh, not because he, uh, not because Elijah was a troublemaker, and sometimes we do have to make some good trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. But because Ahab uh, uh, would always hear from Elijah some things that he did not want to hear. As a matter of fact, Ahab, in the midst of all of his wickedness, uh, God sent one person to speak the truth to power. Amen. And today we want to talk about the power of one praying person. Uh, does anybody know there's power with one praying person? I know some of you have been looking at the scenes and uh, situations of what's going on in our society today, and you're asking the question, what can one person do? Mm, what, can, what can I do? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked today, because again, I want to talk about the power of one praying person. I want to talk about Elijah the prophet today. As a matter of fact, I'll give you the clip notes in his resume. It's found right there in James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Hallelujah. Uh, the power of one praying person. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain in the land for three years, check this, and six months. Uh, it did not rain in the land. One prayer for three years and six months. Verse 18, it says, and he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Lord have mercy. Does anybody know there's power in one praying person? Oh my God. I, I know you may feel handicapped. You may feel handcuffed. You may feel helpless as it relates to what you can do to change this situation. But I thank God for the word of God. Yeah. He lets us know there's power Yeah, in one praying person. Yes, Lord. In other words, uh, this praying person, Elijah, comes upon the scene. Yes, Lord. And, and uh, they, he has a crucial conversation with Ahab. As a matter of fact, throughout Ahab's uh, leadership, they would always have uh, crucial conversations. And, and what I like about their relationship is they were honest. <laughs> they were honest with one another. Uh, as a matter of fact, whenever Elijah would come to Ahab, he would open the door and just say, good Lord, it's the trouble of Israel. <laughs> In other words, he would tell him to his face what he thought about him. Uh, if you think Fred and Esther had a bad relationship, <laughs> oh my God, where Fred would tell Esther to her face what he thought about it, Lord have mercy, you hadn't seen anything until you examined the relationship between Elijah and Ahab. If you think Mark and Gina had a bad relationship, oh my God, you hadn't seen anything until you examine the relationship uh, between Ahab and Elijah. Elijah was a man of prayer. Yes, Lord. And the Bible says that in this famine, that it hit the land so hard, uh, in this famine where uh, it, uh, everything was dying, in this famine uh, where Elijah the king himself and one of his servants had went to look just for grass. Uh, so they could feed the animals to prevent the animals from dying. Uh, the famine had hit the land hard. But even in the midst of this, again, God sends a one person to speak truth to victory. Amen. And do you know that God always raises up someone to be his ambassador? Uh, somebody, God always raises up somebody who's going to be righteous. God always raises up an intercessor. God always raises up a deliverer. Just like Moses in times of crisis when people in leadership were doing things to oppress and hold back the people of God, God always sends a deliverer. 
And what I like about this 18th chapter of the book of 1 Kings, hallelujah, is that God gives two victories in one chapter, hallelujah. He gives two victories in one chapter. Uh, and, and what you understand, most of you understand, uh, the first victory was the battle on Mount Carmel. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. When Elijah was facing the 400 prophets of Baal, amen, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, uh, Elijah himself, by himself, one praying person, was fighting against the 400 prophets of Baal. As a matter of fact, the people in Vegas have said, you know what, it's not going to be a fair fight. And believe it or not, I agree with them. Amen. Uh, because believe it or not, they may be betting on Baal's prophet, but I'm betting on the God of yeah. Israel. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Because he was praying a hallelujah, and he had some, some things in his arsenal that were different from everybody else. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 6 talked about his arsenal. He was one of prayer. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. He, he had the whole armor of God. He understood the power of prayer. And if you understand the power of prayer, you understand that if God be for you, yeah. uh, who can be against you. Yes, Lord. So in this one chapter, he talks about right here, hallelujah, yes, Lord. He talks about uh, the first round, yes, Lord, uh, uh, the battle uh, uh, on Mount Carmel when uh, the people of God were there and, and uh, King Ahab had assembled all of his folks uh, there to have a contest. And they said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Amen. Let him be God. Amen. Hallelujah. And some of you understand uh, uh, that whole situation there. You understand that they cry, cried out all night long. Yes, Lord, the prophets of Baal. They, they cried out. And, and even in the midst of that, they didn't get any answer. They, they built that altar. They put the bullets on there. Yes, Lord. Some of you know the story. Yes, Lord. And they were saying, you know what? The God that calls fire down from heaven and burns up the sacrifice on the altar, let him be God. And some of you know the story. You know how the prophets of Baal called out and didn't nothing happen. As a matter of fact, not only were they crying, but they were also cutting themselves, uh, yeah. mutilating themselves. Do you know there's times when people would injure themselves, uh, Lord have mercy, to make their own point? And even in the midst of that, they cried all day long and cried all night long. And still, nothing happened. And uh, Elijah started talking bad, so kind of like Ali does, you know. <laughs> Uh, when you tell them what round he's going to knock you out in, just Lord. He said, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's gone on a journey. Uh, uh, maybe he's eating a meal. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, but I don't know about you, but I'm glad I got a God that sits high. Yeah. Okay? And a God that looks down low. Yes, Lord. I, I'm glad I have a God that hears me when I cry. Yes, Lord. And a God that answered, hears, and answers prayer. Amen. And that's what God was doing in this first round right here. Hallelujah. Because he uh, uh, spoke up and he says, you know what? Uh, uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, Elijah asked the people a very important question. Hallelujah. He asked them a very important question. First Kings chapter 18, verse number 21. It says right here, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, he asked a very question. And, and Elijah came to the people. And he said, how long shall you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. Check this. But if Baal be God, then follow him. And guess what the Bible says? Huh? And the people answered him, not a word. Lord have mercy. Uh, the people, God's chosen people, answered him, not a word. Now you would think, uh, because God's chosen people and how he brought them through the Red Sea, uh, how God's chosen people, how he fed them for 40 years in the wilderness, 
how, how God led them by fire by day and a cloud, fire by night and a cloud by day. That his people, if anybody would speak up during this time, that it would be the children of God. But notice this, uh, the Bible said that his people said not a word. Amen, amen. I want to talk to you today that when God's people remain silent. When God's people remain silent. Because believe it or not, when God's people remain silent, God has to speak louder. Wow. Oh, Lord, have mercy. When God's people remain silent, uh, God has to speak louder. And you would think that Ahab, after all the evil that Ahab had done, that, that somebody somewhere yeah. would speak up and say something to Ahab. Yeah. They said, you know what, you, did you see what Ahab did just this week? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Did you see what Ahab did last week? Uh, uh, have you been watching what Ahab is doing? Did, did you see how uh, Ahab had, had, had set up a prophet uh, and, and, and started worshiping the gods of Baal? Did, did you see how Ahab had, had built a temple to worship the gods of Baal? Did you see all the evil that God, if you would think God's people would say something uh, uh, that in the midst of everything that was going on. And, and I want to let you know today that when God's people remain silent, mm, that God himself has to speak louder. Amen. That God himself has to speak louder. Elijah asked the people, he said, you know what? Uh, you need to not talk between two opinions. Uh, in other words, you need to make a stand which side are you on? Uh, 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 do you want, if Baal be God, guess what? You serve him. But if God be God, you serve God. Hallelujah. And what they show here is that the people said not a word. Uh, and what I want you to know today that this is a picture of indecision on the, on the people of God's part. Amen. Uh, and, and what God is challenging us, hallelujah, is to make a decision for the Lord. Uh, God would not indecision, at least not for long. Hallelujah. And I just believe that there are times that come when we have to make a decision for the Lord and to become his followers. Amen. That we have to let the world know for God I live and for God I die. Uh, we have to stand back with and say, you know what? I pledge allegiance to the Lord and, and to the Savior whose kingdom is saying, one Savior, crucified and risen and coming again to serve us, to save us all. I believe in making a stand. And that's what God is saying today, that there are times when, when we are in a situation when famine has hit the land, when pestilence has hit the land, uh, when we see plagues, uh, uh, when we see so much death, dying, and destruction, that the people of God are called to stand up. His, his recipe, uh, his recipe for restoration, he says, if my people Look it back as this, brother. Uh, uh, God is saying, 
it's time to take a stand. In my Bible, Luke 16 and 33 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and he will love the other, or despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And what I learned about Ahab is that he worships, hallelujah, but, but the stuff that he worships ain't holy, hallelujah. He may like to worship, but he doesn't like to worship the Savior. And what I learned is that God is saying it's time to make a choice and
and they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is God. And what I love about the Lord is that when you repent, <laughs> uh, when you turn from your evil way, regardless of how long they've been worshiping in Baal, guess what? That's his tender spot, y'all. <laughs> the God I serve against the Lord, he said, I will forgive yeah. the sin and I will heal the land. And so miracle number one, hallelujah. And this tale right here, this chapter of two miracles, yes, Lord. All of the people repented except for Ahab and Jezebel. Lord have mercy. All the people repented. In other words, they were convinced, uh, but there was somebody that wasn't converted. Yes, Lord. And I'm talking about Ahab and Jezebel. And what I've noticed is that, you know what, the same God that answers by fire is the same God that answers by rain. Because the next thing in line is because, you know what, God has to sometimes come back again and let people know that he's still in charge. So what I want to let you know today is that the Bible says that the people repent, the people turn, uh, but believe it or not, Ahab uh, was telling Elijah, you know what, I, I see that you still have a hard head and a hard heart. And because you are not repenting, guess what, God is going to have to speak again. So the Bible says in verse 41, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Oh, Lord, have mercy. In other words, the same God, again, that answered first by fire is the same God that can answer by rain. And I've learned this right here, that some people are heathens and are going to be heathens until Jesus returns. Amen. Hallelujah. I understand that some people will return, some people will receive forgiveness, and some people will receive healing. Uh, but what I've learned is that there are some folks that God still has to show. Amen. And I want to let you know today that God still hasn't made anything that he can't handle. Amen. So as he said in this last chapter right here, there is an abundance of rain. Uh, as I get ready to take my seat, I'm going to let you know today that God says, you know what? I'm getting ready to do something in the earth. Yeah. I'm getting ready to send an abundance for the people that don't mind turning up. Uh, the people that don't mind doing the recipe for restoration, that I will forgive them. And guess what? I'm going to heal the land. And, and when I heal the land, guess what? I'm going to heal it like never before. They're going to see an abundance. Somebody shout abundance. Yeah. Now unto him that's able, yeah, to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all, that we can ask of the side of abundance of rain. Uh, God and sir, yes, Lord, uh, he's getting ready to send the rain. Uh, he said, I will forgive the sin, and I will heal the land. Uh, I know you can go through a drought, uh, can't heal nothing, it won't nothing die. But the God I serve, yeah, he said, you know what, I'm, I hear the sound uh, of the abundance of rain. Your faith up. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to feed my spirit up. Uh. 
the people were renewed and restored. And God did just what he said. He healed the land. He sent an abundance of land because of one praying person. Yes, Lord, James put it this way. James chapter 5, verse 17. There was one man. Uh, he prayed one time. And it did not rain. And it did not rain for a period of three, check this out, three and a half years. And that same man, he prayed again. He prayed again right here in this 18th chapter. He said, Lord, I want you to heal your people. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're sick and tired of going from one frustration to another. And because of you being who you are, yes, Lord, anybody that received that conditional promise, God says, you know what, I'm going to heal the land. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Amen. God is wanting you to, to pray unto him and pray his word back to him. Stand on his promises. Because that's what he'll do. He'll send the rain to your house. And I don't know about your neighbor. I don't know about your neighbor, children. I don't know about all those other folks that you may be in your inner circle. But what God is calling us for each and every individual. Yes, Lord, he's looking for one person. And that mind praying unto him. And trusting him with his word. Because when you do that, you know what you can say. Let the weak say that I am strong. Let the poor say that I am rich. And because you prayed that prayer, you know what? God said, you know what? It's coming together. It's coming together in your house. Yes, Lord, your health, your business, your finances, your relationships, how your ministry, yes, Lord. God is sending the rain. And this time when he sends the rain, yes, Lord, even your enemies, yeah, even Ahab's of the world, they'll see that God is going to do just what he said he would do. But again, the recipe for restoration is this. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 4, 13 says that if I dry up, dry up the heavens and send no rain, hallelujah, if I shut up the heavens and, and even send the lows and devour the land, verse 14, but if my people, that's how they come in relationship with him, if my people, those people that are, have pledged allegiance to the Lord, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, hallelujah, said, then will I get from heaven. I will forgive their sin. Thank you for forgiveness, O Lord. And, and I will heal. I will heal the land. And I just believe today God is calling us once again. It's time to turn. It's time to turn from anything that we put above God. And you don't have to be like Ahab. You don't have to be like the children of Israel. Build altars of, to Baal and build golden calves and stuff like that. Sometimes we can put other things in front of, in front of our God. We can put our, our marriage. We can, we can put our money. We can put even our children before our God. Hallelujah. Those are good things. Hallelujah. But God says, Thou shalt have no other God before me. And believe it or not, sometimes even we can put our political affiliations above the Lord. Now, I want to say this as honestly as I can. Hallelujah. Some of us are more concerned about being Republicans and Democrats wow. than we are about being Christians. And what I've learned today is that uh, that some people, you know what, if you talk about their political party, whatever it is, you know what, they're more, uh, they pledge more allegiance to that. 
Reminds me of that movie commercial where people are down with their stuff. Hallelujah, that if you say anything wrong that's related to their group, hallelujah, that they will have an unholy reaction. But what God is calling us to do today, I want you to hear me on this. God is saying, you know what? We don't hear that one anything between our soul and our Savior today. That we should pledge allegiance to nothing but God. It's either right or it's wrong. Hallelujah. And we should pledge allegiance to our God. Because believe it or not, our choices do matter. And believe it or not, I'm not going to stand with any of I'm going to stand with God. Hallelujah. And I want to let you know today that we're willing to partner with anybody that does not take the stands for righteousness. Hallelujah. To call out and to speak to the injustices of the world. And to stand for what's right. Because believe it or not, no political party, no place, and no, no people have monopoly on righteousness. There are times when certain political parties, certain people, certain places are going to be wrong. There are times they're going to be right. And what we need to do is speak right to right and speak wrong to wrong. And let God handle the rest of it. So what God is calling us to do today, and what he's called us to do throughout this series, he's saying that if my people, yeah, who are called behind him, he's talking about the church today, uh, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then when I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal the land. I think it's praying time, church. I think it's praying time for I think it's praying time for each and every person that if we seek the Lord while he may be found, if we call on him while he is there, he can do two miracles in one chapter. Guess what? He can do two miracles in this year. I believe he can heal the land today. Yeah. I believe that he can heal this pandemic. Yes, Lord. I believe he can heal the economic situation. I believe he can heal the racial situation. I believe he can heal the judicial situation. I believe he can heal the educational situation. Our kids can go back to school. Yes, Lord. I, I believe God can do it today. Does anybody else believe that we think that our God is able today? Well, if you believe that today, uh, this is your time. Guess what? I, I know I've been praying for you, but guess what? God is saying this is your time to pray for yourself. Hallelujah. So the choir is getting ready to worship just for a second. Guess what? They're going to sing a verse of a song. But guess what? Wherever you are in your home, yes, Lord, right now, yes, Lord, you can declare this as holy ground. Yes, Lord, I'm not pledging allegiance to Ahab. I don't pledge allegiance to nobody but God. Yes, Lord, we can bow down and worship him right there where you are. If you need healing, now, if you don't need healing, you can sit there and be comfortable. But if you need healing in your home, if you want something to change, if, if you want to hear from heaven, if you want God to come into your situation, yeah, this is your time. This is your hour. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Somebody's got good seed in the ground. Don't be weary of your well doing. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. Yes, Lord. Can we do it one more time? I see it coming down. Yes, Lord. I see it Amen. Amen. God bless you. May he ever keep you as our prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.